Welcome to Gut Wisdom, a show about work, life, and how to succeed in both. It's radio that resonates. Now, here are your hosts, Deirdre Koppelman and J.G. John Gassman. There are currently 21 fires burning across Northern California's wine country that have taken the lives so far of at least 24 people. More than 191,000 acres have been torched, with more than 3,500 buildings destroyed. You know, California supplies 85% of our nation's wine production, and Napa and Sonoma counties are home to about, I'd say, 900 or so wineries. I'm Deirdre Koppelman, and joining me tonight on Goat Wisdom is Jason Smith, a young man, even though he may argue that he's not young, uh, who's responsible and has more than 3,000 acres of vineyards throughout California. Not only does Jason have an amazing story for all of us, including the reality of what's happening right now with this horrific situation uh, in our beloved wine country. But having just come from the Smith Family Wine Ranches, yes, I did. I was up on a harvester. I can tell you that there's much more to the life of a grape than any of us could ever imagine. So Jason will be joining us. He is uh, quite an interesting and humble man who, believe it or not, became president and CEO of his family's business Uh, not with necessarily a lot of instruction, and you'll learn more about that. So listen up if you drink wine and you want to learn some deep life wisdoms. Jason is joining me next, only on Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates on WCBS News Radio. Stay tuned. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. How one little grape ends up in your favorite glass of wine is a fascinating process that most of us probably never, ever think about. There's always something to learn and wisdoms to share, and that's what we are all about. Deirdre Koppelman here, and you're listening to Gut Wisdom. And for those of you who want to know where my famous co-ho JG is, my co-ho co-host, he's busy in uh, corporate tax season, so he's left me to kind of handle this by myself with our guest tonight, who is Jason Smith, President and CEO of Smith Family Wines. And Jason is a second-generation grape grower in the Smith family. And like a lot of young boys, Jason loved to go to work with his dad, Rich, and I believe Jason did just about every single job in the vineyards, from pulling weeds and fixing trellises to driving tractors and changing oil. Over the years, besides realizing his true passion, of course, for sustainable vineyard farming, Jason has developed into a visionary business leader and a natural leader at that. And what's interesting about Jason's story is, aside from the fact that his vineyards contribute significantly to the wine consumption in the United States, His life story uh, is really one of humble beginnings, and growing up watching his dad, uh, Rich, build this incredible family business, and then being faced with the most incredible job of all, which was having to assume the role of president and CEO when Rich suddenly passed away not even two years ago. So near and dear to my heart, listeners, I met Jason not quite, I'd say about a year ago um, at a meeting that I was speaking at, and... Not only is Jason a client of Pears and of mine and my teams, I am so proud to call him and his family my friends. Um, I've learned so much from him personally and professionally, and I'm so happy to have him share some of his wisdoms in wine and a lot of things around that with all of us tonight. So, Jason, are you there? 
Deidre, I am here in sunny and a little hazy California. <laughs> I was just there, was I not? You, I, I thought you were still in my office. It seemed like a few minutes ago, but I have you, to. You're not here. You're there. I am not there. I am here, but always with you. I have to tell you that that red eye home. It didn't matter how grueling it was, or you know, call it the red eye, call it the bleary eye. Did not matter to me. I was smiling because. I had one of the most amazing experiences with you, and we can laugh about it now, but uh, where, where, where did you bring me? Tell our listeners. Well, so in part of, of learning about our industry, since uh, Deidre's in the, in the concrete walls of New York City, we, we brought her actually out into the vineyard to experience, to experience harvest and what that actually entails, which... Uh, which is, you know, I'm sure many people have never experienced it, but it was at night and uh, and it was on a a mechanical grape harvester and uh, your listeners can reach out and you can text them some pictures and videos or go to your social media and see and and see Deidre holding on for dear life as she rode atop a mechanical harvester. Yes, and how cool those were Chardonnay grapes, correct? Those were Chardonnay grapes, correct. Yeah. You know what's so interesting, Jason, and, and I said it to you that night uh, as we were going through it and experiencing it firsthand, and yes, this city girl, you know, has never been up on a harvester, so it was quite the experience, but it made me think about how, you know, we buy bottles of wine, we, we, we pour ourselves a glass of wine, and I don't know that anybody's really thinking about the farming aspect of this is this is farming. This is agriculture. This is there is nothing unless those grapes um, are there, and and the amount of work that goes into and this is what I saw, and I only saw one part of what was going on um, to to actually get the grapes and 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 to the final product. That's a, it's a back world that I don't think many people are aware of, and here you are. Um, responsible for uh, what about 3000 acres yeah 3200 acres and what i will back up a little bit on on what you're saying i i think you know that's it's really common in our world today and and especially uh in the fast moving world that we're in is that we take for granted all of agriculture really um and and truly people don't don't even realize you know i mean if you ask them where uh, their lettuce comes from, they say it's from a grocery store, or their or their bottle of wine is uh, right. from a wine store, or whatever. So there's, um, it, it is truly one of the you know oldest oldest American professions or professions in the world, really. And and it's uh, it's been an honor to be in that and and a family business in, in, as well. Um, can I keep going for a y- second? Yes, I'll, yes, I'll, yeah. I'll, I I held. I took a breath in. Keep going. Yes. You, you uh, listeners will learn that Deidre and I uh, often have a hard time figuring out who's going to interrupt too. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep working through this. But I, I I looked up to you. You were talking about how many acres, and I and I just try to think uh, really to your point. What the heck does an acre mean to the common listener and and trying to figure that out? So we are thirty two hundred acres, and I looked up. Um, you know what your Central Park is, and Central Park is 
843 acres. So, wow. so the land that we, the, the grapes that we operate are about four times the size of Central Park. Um, and some other interesting, out of that, we, we produce about 19,000 tons of grapes, wow. which would equate into about 3 million gallons of wine, which would equate to about a million three uh, cases or 16 million bottles of wine. Jason, I'm tired listening to that. And your response, you're thirsty. Let's have a glass of wine. So let me, it's, the numbers are staggering and I've been working with you and your team and your family really, what is it, almost a year yeah, uh, be well, probably January we started up, so we're yeah. close to a year. So close to a year, and knowing who you are as a person, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of the backstory, because I know you became responsible for all of your family's business um, when your dad suddenly passed away, and that's almost two years ago. I mean, how how do you even prepare for that? Um. Well, I guess actually, in his words of wisdom, um, it's a it's a process, and uh, and you evolve. Um, and that was one of his favorite words was evolve, which I always thought was just a uh, procrastination or a way of not dealing with conflict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just kind of let things go. But I mean, really, that's um, you know, really, you know, for me, I didn't realize it that I was doing it or, or what I was learning at the time, because you just grow up in it. Um, as you mentioned earlier, you know, working many different jobs from simple manual labor to, you know, eventually to, um, mechanical type things and then supervisorial type events and, and then going to school in between there. Um, but that's, it's really just the life that I grew up in and, and was, you know, learning a lot along the way that, of course, as we're young, we don't realize we learn until we kind of reflect back. Uh, That's and, a wisdom right there. Did you realize, you know, when your dad started this business that, like, did he ever talk about the fact, you know, his vision or that this would be such a tremendous family business? Did you know what was happening as it was happening? No, I, I think um, that's funny. I, I wrote down um, what it means today looking back. Um, yeah, what it meant growing up was that was just our, our way of life. As I look back now, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and literally he's created a $50 million estate and business <laughs> from nothing, I mean, literally, we came to the little town of Soledad in the central coast of California uh, with, you know, he he had a a degree in from Davis in uh, managerial economics, uh, but I mean, no grape growing experience. And it was really kind of a, a new frontier. And and so to look back and and see um, the, you know, incredible work ethic uh, and and passion that he had, and I, and you know you asked did did he, you know did he have a vision and a and a goal? Um, I think it just evolved. If I use that word again, uh, <laughs> daily, yearly, monthly. I, I don't. I, I know for sure. In his wildest dreams, he never thought that 
you know, he, he would be where he, where he, well, both of them, where he were created. He didn't expect to be not here either. Right. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's really interesting now. And especially for me um, to, uh, although, you know, we were at a point where we had transitioned and we were doing some day to day um, you know, we were doing the day-to-day stuff. I was, you know, running the the farming and the and the winery operations with with a, a very good crew. Yeah, he he was still the CEO and CFO, which was a, a whole new world uh, to me. And, yes, and that has been um, a a steep learning curve and process. How do you do it? You know, um, I, I, first and foremost is you believe in yourself, there you um, come. and mm-hmm. and that is you know it's I my as you know one of my hobbies on the side is coaching high school track and field and um, I I've it's just something that I love to do and I love working with with young people but it's also kind of been my petri dish of. Uh, of, of how you work and communicate and um, one of I, I and you and you hear it in other sports types things and, and stuff like that but I I just can't um, emphasize how important it is to to truly believe in what it is that you're doing because I, I just see amazing things happen so, and, and if you sit there and say that you can't um, then then you won't uh, so that's that's number one for me. Uh, There's a wisdom. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're, I knew there you'd be wisdom. full of wisdoms, Jason. Full of wisdom <laughs> today. Now, along with the belief, also, um, unfortunately, I can't just run around and believe and, and it's all going to work out. Uh, <laughs> there's, you know, uh, there's been a lot of, um, yeah, I, I think, and this is something my dad and I talked about when, you know, he was an entrepreneur and, and true entrepreneurs really, uh, you know, they are visionary, um, but they also, they do a lot of things themselves and because they're creating true. it from scratch. True. And, and so being, being second generation and kind of a, a lot of the foundation of this business was built but we were really at a point where where we kind of had outgrown things and and he and I had had the discussion that you know I'm a better manager of people um and well, the- and so I guess my 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 second little piece of wisdom is um, know what you do know and know what you don't. Well, hold, wait, but hold that thought, oh, right? No. Hold no. It. Hold that thought because that is true and I'm also curious um, with all of the, I mean, devastating fires that are going around uh, in Northern California, Napa, Sonoma counties, which is not where you're at, um, are you connected to that world? Um, completely connected, and it's not like you know, it's like any industry. We we think we are far away, but really, you know, we never really are. Um, wait, yeah, we wait, have. <clears throat> wait, wait. We, we're going to take wait. a quick break, and then we're going to come back with you, Jason. 
More drive time traffic. A collision approaching the Tappan Zee Bridge. More often. Triborough Bridge is the problem. Weekday mornings and afternoons on WCBS 880. You're never more than five minutes away from the latest traffic news. A lot of volume across the upper level now at the uh, GWB. When you need to know, we've got you covered. Inbound Midtown Tunnel, there's a stall past the toll. Traffic and weather together, plus the new bridge and tunnel update. Only on New York's traffic station. WCBS News Radio 880. We are learning that a grape is not just a grape, and there's so much more that goes into your favorite glass of wine. I'm Deirdre Koppelman, and you're listening to Gut Wisdom. And if you're just tuning in, I'm here with Jason Smith. I am not here with JG. He's off tonight. So for those of you who love that co-host and his bantering, I'll let him know that, uh, that you missed him. So Jason is the president and CEO of Smith Family Wines, and we've been working together uh, just short, shy of a year, I would say, and uh, we've got a lot of wisdoms in wine, and it's not just about the grape. Jason, are you there? I'm here still. Hello, you didn't go away. No, and I and I didn't grab that glass of wine yet. So. There you go, Jason. What what can you share with us? What is happening uh, in Napa and Sonoma counties? These fires are devastating. Obviously, when I was with you in California and had the opportunity to be on a harvester. And uh, at night, and be on this big, scary machine that I that I also got juiced on. Um, you know, we were getting Chardonnay grapes ready that were ultimately going to go on a truck uh, and be driven up to, I believe it was Napa, right? Yeah, no, you're correct. And uh, and then the fires broke out. So what what's the impact? Um, I mean, generally speaking, not just on you and Smith Family Wines, but what what's happening there? I think the, uh, you know, like any uh, natural disaster, you, you know, the immediate um, the immediate response is no different than what you see in Houston, what you see in Florida, mm-hmm. um, you know, an outpouring of uh, great human beings, right, that, that, uh, that understand that there are people being, you know, displaced from their homes, whether it's evacuation, it's loss of homes, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're the industry is very tight and, you know, we spread up and down the state, um, and, and truly Napa, you know, Napa Sonoma to, to the outsider, especially is, you know, the, the epicenter of the wine industry. Right. I, I would say, you know, as far as, as actual impact to, I mean, I know there are six or seven wineries that are confirmed that have, um, that have been burned. Um, there, you know, there are some, there is some damage to vineyards, but, but really, um, you know, it's, it's about the community. It's about the fact that nothing's under control. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually Sunday afternoon left that area. I was about an hour east of Napa and and I knew the winds were high but you, you just don't just well, like you you're said a bunch of rain and you don't yeah you said because I flew in on Sunday last Sunday and you were driving back and you had said there was something weird about the winds it wasn't just that it was windy right didn't you say that yeah no well and and what it was was uh 50 to 70 mile an hour gusts so mm. it was not normal and and basically what they're what they're getting to now is that it, uh, you know, they had power lines go down, and yeah, there, it's a there's there's lots of great little towns and cities, um, but it's rural, and you you California is um, brown, 
Yeah. You know, it's, you know, once you get out of the spring, we, there's a lot of fuel and actually we had a lot of rain. Um, so there's a lot of extra fuel and you start throwing 50 to 70 mile an hour winds and, and literally fire just flies. And so that's, that's what people couldn't understand is there was literally like seven to 10 fires that started in probably a, I mean, different areas in a 60 mile stretch, um, mm-hmm. and then just took off. And, mm-hmm. and there's still at this point as they, as they do this, there is no, uh, you know, they usually put percent contained and, um, there you know, they is have none. one fire that's 10% contained, but essentially there's none. Oh, it's so um, scary. So, so scary. And mm. scary. And, uh, but, but again, it's that, outreach from the community so you know our local uh, our statewide industry um, board of directors and then you know we have uh, individual associations um, there's been you know lots of things that have gone out about you know how, how can how can we help or whatever I mean there was a story of uh, of a friend of ours who's you know closer down here probably literally a couple hours away and one of the big things they needed up there were um, just simple little like painting masks because mm-hmm. the smoke is so mm-hmm. bad and, um, you know, delivered, you know, just going around and, and buying out uh, hardware stores and stuff like that and, and delivering up to people uh, in the area and, and for, you know, for wineries and then employees. That's the other piece, too, is you there's just so many moving pieces is like maybe your winery's fine, but your employees uh, right. lost their housing and right. uh, and then electricity going out. So there's been, mm. you know, as far as the industry, there's there's probably still 25, 30 percent of the grape harvest left. And right. um, and it's still going on. And I had a story this morning about, you know, a couple of trucks that showed up at the winery, but the power was out and. You know, it's a perishable product. Eventually, you got to, you know, so right. You have to use the grapes. Come up, yeah. And I guess that's part of it too. There's the there's the human side that I mean, and that is a number one is safety and taking care of that. And then at the same time, in all of this, you you know, life goes on. You know, yes. we we kind of want the world to stop. So th- there's a balance of of that going on in the wine industry um, in the middle of harvest. Right. It's, it's pretty pretty crazy. Let me ask you another question because I'm just filled with questions, Jason Smith. Can you I got can, answers. Yeah, so I just wanted to um for those listeners just tuning in. So Jason Smith is president and CEO of Smith Family Wines out in Soledad, California. Uh established that it's 3,200 and uh 3,200 acres of vineyards, right, Jason? Right. What did you say that was the equivalent to? here in New York? Uh, about four times the size of Central Park. So Central Park's about 843 acres. <sighs> so I just like to give visuals for people because I know I, I know that's something everyone in your uh, your radio listening <laughs> that we can, can we can relate their, to that. Listen, you've, you you've, can relate to that. You've almost turned me into a farmer. Almost. Well, come on now. <laughs> Just because you got some grape juice on your shoes doesn't tell you what you're getting there. You're out in the dirt at night. I'm going to give you some credit. There, sure. Thank you very much. I was out in the dirt at night on a harvester, which was, you know, moving After and shaking. After, yes, 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 yes. So 20 hours straight. Yes. And then, you know, what can I tell you? So we've been working together for at least nine months. Myself, you, your team, your family. 
and taking over your this tremendous fifty million plus dollar business from uh, really from your dad, you know, from his you know unfortunate uh, passing, which wasn't even two years ago. What, which you know, there were challenges when you take over as a second generation business owner that most people would understand. But what have been the biggest challenges for you in terms of operations or people? Because you are, to me, one of the most humble um, people that I know, and and you're a humble leader, and your 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 family, your mother, your sister. I mean, faced with these ginormous challenges, what were some of them, and what are some of the wisdoms that you used, either from your childhood or that you learned from dad, to to make the changes that you're making and face these challenges? You know, um, it, it's kind of interesting. So, just a little tiny background on my dad's health is. He was a pitcher of health. He was uh, 59 years, 69 years old, and um, in great shape, exercise, ate well because my mom wouldn't let him do anything different. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and so how that plays into this is, I didn't ever see him going anywhere. So so even you know if there's one guy that's just going to live until you know uh, till the end of it all, it was definitely going to be him. Right. Which in my mindset then is. Uh, more of a um, support to to everything that's going on and not necessarily, you know, my vision and my company. And we worked, I mean, that was good. Mm-hmm. You know, there, we had a very good, for, for a family business, we had a very good working relationship. So, um, you know, pancreatic cancer in, in, in six months. Mm-hmm. So he was, uh, and, and, and gone. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, literally we had just hired a, he passed away on the 27th and of oh, December right and January 4th we're onboarding a a uh, new executive vice president of sales and hmm. uh, you know there is there's not really a lot of time for mourning and right. um, and I would say there was also a sense of peace sitting in his seat and doing you know essentially his job yeah. um so so as you get past some of that as i you know maybe a six months or so as you're, you're going through kind of the chaos of everything that's going on um you know you for me you start to get an idea of holy crud this hmm. is this is my decision there's no longer the person to go bounce things off of and uh you know which is which is uh it's really interesting it goes both ways there's a right. security piece that you you really wish that you still had but you but you actually realize you do still have um you know the things that he's ingrained uh you know in me and our family and our and our employees over the years so that's yes. that's there but then there's also a weird um liberation or a yeah. uh holy cow okay, it is my decision. Right. Um, and, and I guess I never really, it does, that's not daunting to me. Um, it, it, it's actually, okay, well, what are we going to do? So, you, you know, you asked about some of the challenges. Probably one of the biggest challenges is, um, you know, you got a company that's been around for 44 years, 70 employees plus, and probably – half or more of them that have worked for us for over 20 years mm-hmm. and which is a testament to who we are and our family business and whatever but totally. it also means that they're 
set in their ways and and used <laughs> to a certain routine and um so we you know i mentioned earlier you know know what you do know and know what you don't and and uh i uh, you know i'm not a finance guy you know i knew we needed a good strong cfo which which thankfully actually that decision was kind of made before my dad passed and he was able to be on with us for for six months and meet my dad. But, uh, you know, uh, Sean, who you've met is, is, is my right hand man. And he sure uh, is. And, and essential to, to being a success in this business. And uh, so it's really interesting again, as you, you know, my dad who, who created it all. And when it's your own money and your baby and whatever, you're pretty, um, tight with things and, and, you know, and when family's been the main executives, you, your trust is in a little a smaller area. And so sure. for me, you know, I, I don't have that opportunity. I need to hire some, some good people and, and kind of open it up. So it's been, uh, and, and there were definitely things we needed. That's also, that's actually also a very interesting point because having, you know, since we are working together, um, I felt that you and I, that there was this immediate trust right from the beginning. Um, and, but I would say that that's a testament to you, which I also believe, you know, comes from what you've learned from your dad. So even though we are, I am an outsider and maybe Sean started six months before dad passed, there's a lot of trust that you gave, but I think that a lot of that has to do with some good instincts that you have also, right? I mean, we met, I was at a, I was presenting at a group that you were uh, a CEO of, and the next thing you knew, it was like this automatic sort of my desire to, I want to help this family, um, but right. you were trusting right from the beginning. Well, I think it's interesting, you know, gut wisdom. Um, so as much <laughs> as we want to... We want to fight um, what our gut tells us, or we want to validate, or we want to, um, you know, I, whatever it is. Somewhere along the way, we we scratch our head and we're like, you know what? I I know what my gut's telling me, and that is right, and I and I got to do it. So and you just have to go with it. And you do, and it isn't always going to work out, but. Um, you, you, you know, I think internally you kind of know those answers. And you do. And so, let me, wait, hold on, hold on, because yes, I have to ma'am. ask you a question because pretty soon we're going to go for a quick break. But when we come back, would you be willing to, Mr. Gut Wisdom, would you share some of the most important wisdoms personally and professionally in growth that you've learned uh, with us? Because... Again, we're we're here, New York City, concrete jungle. You're out in the farm, uh, nature, but yet there's so much to learn. Are you willing to share? Of course I'm willing. Of course. All right, then. Stay tuned. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. I think it's pretty impossible to get wisdoms from farming that we could use here in the concrete jungle. If any of our listeners agree, you let me know. I had no idea, literally, that glasses of wine that I enjoy or bottles of wine that I that I purchase either as gift. Do you ever realize what goes into that grape? Well, I have to tell you, 
I am fortunate, we are fortunate to have Jason Smith with us on the line tonight from Soledad, California. Jason is the president and CEO of Smith Family Wines, second generation, 44 years old. Uh, let me see. Jason, are you there? I, I love this. This not it's, it's a visual. 3,200 acres, which is the equivalent to four times the size of Central Park. Is that correct? You're on it. You got it down. You're a good, you're a good student. I, there you go. And you had me up on that harvester, and we were harvesting Chardonnay grapes, and I got juiced, as you say. I was I, To me, the other alternative was one of those big wheels on the tractor was going like coming right at me, so it was either master it, get on top of it, and be a part of it, or run from it. And so, like you, that's not me. No, no, I knew uh, I needed you here in my business, and I, I need to make sure you got back to your gut wisdom. I, and, and your <laughs> listeners can keep on gaining from your uh, your your teachings. Well, it's really that's what gut wisdom is about. But it's not just my teachings; it's wisdoms. I really believe we can all learn from each other, and that's what the value is. Every human has something to teach another based on their experience and we all have different experiences so having you here with us is uh it's really a blessing and and we're just so grateful so before you know we were talking about wisdoms that we can learn from farming what wisdoms do you think we could learn from farming here in the concrete jungle that we could apply personally and professionally and what wisdoms do you have for us wisdoms from Jason Smith in Salinas, <laughs> California, right Bes- besides now. Besides knowing um, how to pop the cork, that's and that is important. And I'm not opposed to also cracking a can of beer open because we, you know, <laughs> the saying is it takes a lot of beer to make fine wine. So you all remember that. That's very important. Interesting. Um, there's there's your first wisdom. How Wait, about are that? you serious? Say that again. I can't tell if you're joking. a lot of beer to make a fine wine. Well, you're nice and gullible when you're talking to your farmer friend. So it's just what we get when when you're around me and and I'm having a nice cold beer because you need those sometimes. And people are like, you're the wine guy. You're supposed to have wine. I'm like, "There's, there's a time and a place. Got it. So let's go to a little wisdom from farming. You know, really it's business, but, um, my, my first one, it's just preparation, and um, you're probably chuckling inside a little I'm bit. I'm smiling. I know. Um, you know, in in my former work world and into what I'm what I'm doing today, you know, without taking the time to to prepare uh, each week, I'm very good at doing things on the fly. Yes. And I've figured out I'm so much better when I've done preparation and, and planning, but realizing that, um, you know, the world we live in, in farming, which is ruled by mother nature, which obviously back to the fires, um, unpredictable, you you, you don't know what's, what's going to happen. So, you know, we have best laid plans in, in farming, uh, and in our business and every day you get a curve thrown at you and you need to be, you need to be nimble and, and prepared to adjust. So um, hold that thought, because in a way, um, that's the life of an entrepreneur as well, right? Because sure. entrepreneurs, you know, these startup businesses or the entrepreneurial spirit where you're trying something new and you're experimenting and you've got these visions and 
you know, solopreneurs and, you know, you never know what's coming your way and you just have to be nimble, right? And adapt. So it sounds like farming uh, in a way is very much like that because mother nature that you cannot predict how much rain, um, or not, you can't obviously predict what's happening with, uh, in Northern California in Napa and Sonoma counties with the, uh, with these fires. Um, to ha- so, so it sounds very entrepreneurial in a way. Entrepreneurial, and um, I, I mean, I think part of running a good business or your own life, right? We we all have these best laid plans, and then mm-hmm. freaking life happens, and you're like, okay, well. Uh, well, I guess I'm guess I'm making an adjustment. Um, you know, along those lines, and it's, uh, um, I, and I and I kind of I thought about you know not being satisfied with the status quo and and mm-hmm. um, finding better ways to do things. Which which really, as I'm sitting there saying that, what that really means to me is, um, and this is another one that I take back to, you know, my kids when I'm coaching is. Um, don't be afraid to fail. Um, you know, and, and I know in the business world, we, you know, you've probably read things and and whatever, but there's just so much truth in, um, putting it out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that again, if you combine good preparation with not afraid to fail, I mean, you're to, to me, the only failure and failure is if that's such a thing is, you know, keep repeating the same things, Right. Over and over again. Right. Um, that's that you, that's that definition of insanity, right? Expecting yep. things to change when you keep doing the same doing things the same Thing way. Over and right. over again. Right. So you know, you I mean, my dad created this business. Um And it's quite failing. a business. I mean, it's a fifty million dollar business. That's yeah. not just a little yeah. business. It's, that's it's not yeah. It's not a little business. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's one that I'm you know constantly around. Which in and in and again in ag, um, you know you you're going to have failures. Uh, you know, I, I one of the funny things is our you know our Sean, our CFO, comes from he hasn't been in ag, and and so the, this is part of this last two years with my bad dad being gone were. Two of our worst years in in grape growing, and it and right. it had nothing to do with anything but Mother Nature, and and hmm. nothing that we can do anything about. And uh, and he had a really hard time wrapping his head around that, um, because right. it is it's, that's where you're. You in. just it's can't like, control. What are we going to do exactly? Yeah. So, um, I, which I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I wanted to no, know. Please. I wanted to know uh, something that. So I love to drink wine. I also would love to know when, a, you know, a menu is put in front of me, um, more about wine. Like wine can be very intimidating in a way to those of us who, you know, haven't been to, you know, the vineyards and haven't been studying wine. And, you know, the average layperson, you go into a liquor store, I like to buy a gift. There's a $14 bottle of wine. There's a $20. How? Do you have any tips just for our listeners that are like me a little bit that love a good glass of wine? Like, how would we know a good bottle of wine over another besides price? Oh man, and you, you're kind <laughs> of identifying the the uh, the tough part of our industry, right? There's no scratch and sniff, and right. uh, <laughs> exactly they, they should just put a little. 
You know, right? We should have a little sampler thing. That'd be great. Oh, that's Which a good idea. Rooms. Yeah, right? Um, I, I, and I thought about this, and I wrote down, I wrote down tough question. Um, <laughs> here's, here's my, depending on, it depends on what you want to do. I would say, I would say this, in general, uh, if you don't have any help or, or whatever, um, you know, if you're in the $15 and up range, you're, you're probably going to get a pretty decent wine. Mm-hmm. What I would say this is know, know what it is that you like. Do you like sweet? Mm-hmm. Do you like dry? Do you like red? Do you like white? And then I would not be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would also say you you can walk into, you know, many aisles and there's, you know, shelf talkers and hangers there. Um, and a lot of time you'll see a wine score. Um, you know, I, I mean, I would say anything that says 85 and up is, is going to be a good wine. But I mean, th- so you just hit on a hot button issue. I can tell. Um, I can tell by the way your voice changed that I hit that I well, hit a, I hit a button <laughs> because there's so, so there's no wrong answer in wine. Um, it's whatever you like, right. uh, which, and I like to, I like the listeners to know this because, because wine is intimidating and, and it's, uh, I mean, you can go pay 40 or $50 for a bottle of wine, but if, but if you don't really like that, it could be a great bottle of wine, but right. if that's not really what your flavor profile is, right. then, uh, then you're not going to like it. And, and, and so, so, and so I have another, wait, along those lines. So the age of the wine, the year of the bottle, like what if it was a bad harvest year because of mother nature? Who knows? Yeah. And, and I wouldn't worry too much about that because where we've come in, in winemaking, I mean, when you're starting to talk about vintage differences, you're starting to talk about, you know, super elite wines um that that you know you you're really the the real discerning um wine drinker might be able to differentiate but you know you and I which I am not a discerning wine drinker that can do that um are you kidding you know, how many thousands of grapes do you produce yeah but that doesn't mean that <laughs> i'm a, a i'm a great palate um because i mean truly there there's people very few people who who uh, you know can truly get in and, and um, you know pull out the nuances of wines and whatever. I mean, well, wine let me is- tell. So you know how I usually judge. I mean, not that I judge, but guess. I look at the person who's holding their wine glass in that you know that very special, sophisticated kind of way, and they're swirling it around in that big glass and woof under their nose. And I'm like, okay, that might be a person that I would ask, but that could all be a farce too. I mean, who knows? You can't. I guess you can't see me on the air rolling my eyes. But, um, <laughs> but right. But that's part of. I mean. So honestly, for me, um, what what I what I my hope for the industry, the wine industry, is to to take away that intimidation to make wine more um, easier for the consumer to figure out and enjoy. Because that's really all you should be doing. Yeah. Now you can you can get. Um, you can get into food pairing and you can do some great things. I mean, if you're a foodie and, and you like all that stuff, but, but really you should just enjoy the bottle of wine. Um, when I, when I pour behind our, our tasting bar every once in a while, you know, we'll have, 
we'll have everything from the the total wine geek who ask all kinds of crazy questions and whatever to to the person who's literally afraid like me to order order wine because they can't say Pinot Noir. You know, they're going to say it wrong. Let me ask you, wait, so let me ask you a question because we're almost out of time. Would you be willing to come up with 10 wisdoms in wine that we at Gut Wisdom could put uh, in our blog and up on our website at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com that would help listeners, that listeners could go to and get some real wisdoms on wine? Would you be willing to do that, we, Jason? We, uh, it sounds like you're giving me homework. but um, <laughs> Don't yeah, I always? I, of course. If, if you're asking me on air, oh, no, Deidre, no, I won't do that for you. <laughs> I would love to put something like that together. I think it would be really helpful because, look, there are a ton of, a ton of us that love wine. I don't believe there's as many of us that are as knowledgeable about wine. Uh, you have been an incredible guest. You are a leader. You are humble. You are one of my favorite people, and I can't thank you enough. And uh, contributing to a blog and giving some wisdoms in wine for our listeners to uh, grab a hold of so that when they're holding their next glass of wine, just maybe they're a little bit more educated and smiling and thinking about Jason Smith and gut wisdom, and that would make me very happy. So, Jason, I just want to thank well, you. What? You, yeah. You're welcome, and I'll just add in a shameless plug of go to smithfamilywines.com, and you can learn all about our family and wine and enjoy that as well. And that was my next that You didn't give me a chance. Oh. That's okay. So, Jason, thank you to our listeners on the 880 dial, and, of course, to our partners at WCBS News Radio. Uh, if you missed any of tonight's show, you can download it, as well as previously aired shows, by going to our website, Gut Wisdom, or you'll find us on iTunes and Play.it. So until next week, we'll be back. Happy, healthy, and have an amazing Saturday night. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. Gut Wisdom comes your way every Saturday night at 7 p.m. on WCBS 880 or anytime at gutwisdom.com. That's wisdom spelled with a Z.